You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I'm really excited about this series that we're starting today uh, that we've titled Be Free. And we're going to be going through the book of Galatians. And it's in Galatians where we find the words uh, that says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Tell someone next to you, it's for freedom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Uh, And then he says, stand firm in this freedom Then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so what we find even in that that foundational text right there is that there's a potential for Christians. Before we were Christians, we were in a yoke of slavery. Amen? But there's a potential for Christians to be enslaved through different means, through different methods. And, And Paul is adamant about saying, don't go there. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So at the heart of God, he wants us to be free. He wants us to be free from religion. We're going to talk about that today. He wants us to be free from guilt. He wants us to be free from fear. He wants us to be free to restore people that are hurting. I was outside. Someone was in tears in between services, and we were able to gather around this individual, and, 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 and pray and, and, and be there. God wants us to be free to be able to restore people in need. So are you ready to be free? Yeah, I'm ready to be free. You know, I, I've, I've, I've had people that, that come to me and they tell me, I have good news. I have good news. And when they're done, you know, we celebrate their good news. Sometimes it's an accomplishment. I'm graduating from the university or I graduated from the university. Yay! We celebrate. Sometimes it's a relationship, a marriage, you know. Yeah, we celebrate their marriage, an anniversary. Sometimes we celebrate something that they've accomplished or maybe a new addition to, to the family. There's a lot of babies that are, that are here in the life of Living Word Chapel. We celebrate the babies. Yay, good news, right? Sometimes people come to me and they, they have uh, troubling news and uh, they, they have a situation that's come up and, and they're, they're broken, and so this disturbing news, I listen to them with empathy, with sympathy. I cry with them sometimes. I had, I had, uh, we were here doing some things yesterday, and there was a, a family that, that came to the church, and they had lost their mom. And, and so I was here and listened to them and set up a, a, a memorial service for, for their mom. And so that's disturbing news. But, you know, there's good news, and then sometimes there's bad news. And then have you ever had someone come to you, and they have what they think is good news and they say, I have good news. But when you hear it, you listen to it, it's really not that good news because it's not good news to you because somehow, somehow it entails uh, a, a lot of work on your part. <laughs> if you have a teenager, you kind of know what I'm talking about, right? Or they come in, I have good news. I'm going to be able to do this, accomplish it. And all you have to do is give me 150 bucks. <laughs> good news. Good news for them, and it's not so, so good for, for us. In other words, it's going to cost you. And that's exactly the news that we're going to look at today. 
As we go to Galatians chapter 1, we're going to see that Paul is going to be addressing what used to be good news and the Galatians had turned it into not good news because they added to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus is that Jesus paid it all. He accomplished everything that we can't so that we can walk in what? In freedom. And so Paul is, 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 is writing to the, to the Galatians because they turned this good news into not so good news. And, uh, and so it's very, very important that we, that we, that we look at this. So we're going to be going through the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 1 today. I'm going to go through uh, verse 6 through 10. And, and your homework for the series, your homework will be, as we go through each chapter, why don't you read the chapter at home? And as you read it, pray through it and say, Lord, give me wisdom and direction. Let me, let me just make sure that I understand this really clearly. And God, I believe God will give us clarity and help us. And by the time we're done with the series in seven weeks, uh, we're going to go through the whole book of Galatians. And it would take us a lot longer than seven weeks if we were to really detail going through every, every uh, 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 part of the, the, the book. But if you do some homework at home, you're going you're gonna to glean a lot of information that's going to be real helpful to you. But let's pray before we go to the text. Father, thank you uh, for this second service. Thank you for everyone here. As always, Lord, we welcome you here into this service. And you're the reason we gather, Lord Jesus. We're here to glorify you, to give you praise and, and, uh, and honor. And so as I present this message that you've given me, I pray that I can speak in a way that will be very clear and understandable. And everybody that is here in the sitting, that it, they'll feel uh, in no way any condemnation, but they'll feel restoration, and they'll leave here, Lord, like, like you have spoken to them. I'm just a messenger, Lord God, and I pray that, that you will be pleased with the message that will be preached from this pulpit, and uh, we'll be very careful to give you all the glory, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let me read the, the verse 1. I don't have it in your, in your handout. Uh, but if you have your Bible, you, you, can, you can see it. And if you have a, a, a tablet or a smartphone you, in your Bible app, you can see it. Verse 1, before I go to verse 6, Paul says something very important. Paul says, Paul, I'm an, I'm an apostle, not sent from, from man, nor through the agency of man. Okay, so he's setting up a very important foundation. He says, I'm an apostle, but I haven't been sent by, by man. I haven't been sent by the agency of man. He says, I have been sent through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He's establishing the authority of Christ, right? He's establishing the reality of the resurrection. He's establishing the reality that Jesus paid it all. The, the whole fullness of, 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 of the gospel is that Jesus came and he died for our sins. And then when he died for our sins, he didn't just stay in the, in the grave. He rose from the grave. And so he says, this is real. This is a God Action. It's a God movement. It's a God deed. He paid it all. And so that's important that, that, we, that we grab a hold of that. And, and then so we get to verse 6. And he says this. He says, I am amazed. Tell your neighbor, I am amazed. Say it like if you mean it. I am amazed. I'm amazed. Or I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Man, that's big words. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. The good news is gospel. That's a, the, the literal word there is gospel. 
That's, where, that, that's what that word means. It means good news. He said, he, you're, you're turning to a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone. Now, when have you ever heard that in the Bible? Let God's curse, in the New Testament, let God's curse fall on anyone. We, we, we read in the Bible, forgive one another, uh, be there for one another, encourage one another. We don't usually see, let God's curse fall on anyone. And the reason for that, he said, he said uh, including us. So he didn't say just everybody else. He said, including me or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of gospel, a different kind of good news than the one that we preached to you. Internalize that. So Paul had gone to the churches of Galatia and he had preached the gospel. And he said, this gospel that I preach to you is the gospel. But let those that preach another gospel, another set of good news, be cursed. He doesn't stop there. He said, if anyone preaches any other, gospel, any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. And in verse 10, obviously, he says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Which, which teaches us something important. It says that sometimes when we're walking with Jesus, that we're not going to make everybody else happy. Amen? He said, if, if, if pleasing people were my goal, if, if being a people pleaser was something that I was chasing, that, that's something that I want to accomplish, then I would not be a servant of Christ. He said, I'm here to please God. And this is so important for, for, for you Galatians to grab a hold of. And it's so important for you in Oracle to grab a hold of. And it's so important for you in, in, in whatever town to grab a hold of. That this good news, this, this gospel message has to be protected. It can't be distorted. And so from that, I want to share two, like, I'm going to call them freedom points. To help release us from the bondage of religion. You see, many of us, we get enslaved to religion. It's easy for us to do. And we know that because we see Paul writing this letter. We know that it, humanity has a way of distorting the pure gospel and turning it into religion. So my, my, my two points are to, to free us, release us from the bondage of religion and usher us into the freedom of a relationship with Jesus Christ because there's a difference. First freedom point is this. There is only one gospel. The gospel is the theme of this letter. The gospel is the centerpiece of this letter. And Paul was so adamant about the danger of the Galatians turning from the gospel or the good news of grace that he didn't waste any time in his letter for small talk. In other letters, if you read Ephesians, 
If you read uh, Colossians, if you read Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd, if you read Corinthians, 1st and 2nd, if you read Romans, Paul will encourage his listeners. He'll thank the early church. He'll thank them for what they're doing. In Galatians, he doesn't waste any time. He gets right to the point, and he says there's only one message of good news. The New American Standard Bible, which is a literal translation, puts it like this. He said, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the, say it with me, by the grace of Christ. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, for a different good news, for a different message. And Paul is saying when you turn to another gospel, you don't only turn from grace, but you turn from the God who called you by grace You go from Jesus paying the ultimate price to you trying to pay for it in your own goodness and in your own merit, and that becomes religion. When you try to do it in your own strength, when you try to do it in your own goodness, it becomes religion. It is the difference between religion and a relationship with God. There's a big difference. It's the difference between being a servant or a slave or being a son or a daughter. I would call it a servant or kinship. Jesus taught his disciples to pray like this, Father who art in heaven. There's a big difference between us going to God, the creator of everything, saying, God, I'm your slave, or saying, God, you're my father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, it changes everything. It's the a, it's a difference by identifying yourself as a sinner or identifying yourself as a saint. Now, there are, many, there are many churches, there are many religions, religious thought that says if you do so many things, then you will become a saint. That's so far from the gospel message. The gospel message says that Jesus paid it all, and because of that, he has imputed you with his righteousness, and because you have his righteousness, because you have his right standing, you have come from a sinner identification into a saint identification because the blood of Jesus has covered you and cleansed you from all unrighteousness. You can never earn your sainthood. It's been given to you when you believe in Jesus Christ. Religion is always centered on what an individual can do for God, whereas Christianity is based on what God has already done for us. Religion will always deter us from a loving relationship with God. You'll think of yourself as a servant, and you'll prevent yourself from living as a child of God. You'll view yourself as a sinner, and you'll keep yourself from identifying yourself as a son or daughter of the king. Jesus cried out his final words on the cross, and he said, it is finished. Religion says you still need to do more.
There's nothing that we can do to earn the grace of God. Paul said this in Ephesians. He said, it is by grace that you have been saved through a lot of works, through the way that you dress, through the prayers that you pray. No, 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 no. He said, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is a gift from the Almighty. And the reason for it, you receive this grace so that you will not boast. Because anytime you're around a lot of boasting, it does, it's not heaven, it's hell. The only one that will be bragged about, the only one that will be honored, the only one that will be glorified in heaven is going to be Jesus because he paid it all. Any other message is not the gospel of the New Testament. Now, this is so important. Paul's message never changed. It never changed. That theme never changed, whether he was writing to the churches in Ephesus, whether he was writing to the churches of, of Corinth, whether he was writing to the Colossians. That message never changed. It was always centered on the grace of God. Now, Paul wanted for every person to know that this message was not a human message. But it was given to him through Christ himself. For you that don't know, Paul was on the road to Damascus. Paul was an enemy of the church. So it would be kind of like an ISIS general. In today's day, ISIS general, that's his enemy of Christianity. He wants to kill people. You know, uh, uh, terror, uh, extreme uh, uh, Islam, uh, Islam uh, radicalism, they kill Christians. And, and Paul was, 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 was a, a Jew who was a Pharisee. And he was very angry at Christians. He was very angry at the church. And he was on his way to Damascus with papers from the, the, uh, the high officials to go and, and, and grab Christians and put them in jail. And some of them they would kill and do all kinds of things. But Paul met Jesus on the way to Damascus and Jesus transformed his life. And so Paul says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of a human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation. It was revealed to me through Jesus Christ. And the reason that this is so important, the reason that the message of the gospel that is from God is so important is because if it was a human message, it can never transform your life. But because it's a message of the living God, it's a living message that comes with the power of God. And not only will it save you for eternity, but it will transform you from the inside out. Religion wants to change you from the outside in. Religion turns us into whitewashed walls who are dirty on the inside. Religion turns us into guilt-written, condemned individuals because you can't measure up. You can't dress a certain way. Your hair's too long or your hair's too short. You painted your face or you didn't paint your face. This message was so powerful that it transformed Paul 
from an enemy of the church to the one that wrote the most of the New Testament. He wrote to the Romans. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it, notice what he said, it, 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 that he's saying the gospel message, this true fact, the message that Jesus died and rose from the dead, this message right here, Jesus has the power of God. And it brings salvation to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And to everyone who believes. The NLT puts it like this. I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and then the Gentile. We always need to remember when the good news is based on our goodness. And what we can do to accomplish favor with God. It ceases to be good news. It ceases to be grace. Second freedom point. So the first freedom point is there's only one gospel, and here's what it boils down to. The one gospel is Jesus plus nothing. Oh, man, my head, my, I'm telling you, my gears are just turning right now. Because there are some people that it's Jesus. Well, let's go back to the Old Testament. I want to become, I want to start doing these things in the Old Testament. I want to meet on Saturdays. And we have to meet on Saturdays. And we have to eat a certain way. We cannot eat outside of this dietary plan that we had in the Old Testament. Let's do that. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to find the favor of God. And let's dress a certain way. Let's do this. Jesus plus. I'm tired just even thinking about it. But to identify a false gospel, you must learn to recognize that our salvation is based on Jesus plus nothing. And grace is so radical. Let me tell you, grace is so radical because grace is that God accepts you right where you're at. Grace accepts you in the worst place of your life. And grace never changes. Sometimes it's hard to receive because we're left, we, we're left thinking we have to do something. This human nature, we have to do something. I got to do a sacrament. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to add one more thing. I, if I do this, there's religions that are, not, that are not Christianity. There's religions that they pray five times during the day to a certain city, to a certain place. They pray five times during the day. They, they got to do a pilgrimage. Humanity is always thinking, I have to do something. I have to do something so that God will be pleased. God is pleased when you trust in the finished work of the cross. If we try to add anything, anything to the finished work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, it will cease to be grace. And it freaks people out. For the, for the um, Galatians, what was it for the Galatians? Circumcision. Circumcision. The false teachers who came into their church community were teaching, you need Jesus to be saved. You need Jesus to be saved. Yes, you need Jesus to be saved. But, but, you need to be circumcised. Have you ever noticed we have to be careful with the buts? 
Have you ever noticed in churches, the churches are filled with butts? When this news got back to Paul, he quickly penned this letter and he wrote, Stop! Stop! They're trying to bewitch you. They're trying to distort the gospel. Now, when people are trying to distort the gospel, it always looks religious. It looked religious to the Galatians. We, we have Jesus, plus we got to get circumcised. Look at, what, look at what we're doing, being circumcised. Paul is telling them, you are not saved through your circumcision. You're saved through your faith in Christ. When people add something to the gospel, it looks religious, but it makes a sacrifice of Jesus insufficient. Jesus plus. But Jesus never said on the cross, it's finished, but you need to get circumcised. Jesus, but you need to follow, follow the dietary laws. Jesus, but it's me, it is finished, but you have to, have to speak in tongues. Or you have to not speak in tongues. He said, it is finished. His sacrifice was sufficient. And so Paul emphasizes the gospel of Jesus plus something is not the gospel that I preached to you. And beloved, there are churches, there are churches, and, and you have to test us. You have to test every preacher, every teacher. Are they adding to the gospel? There are, there are churches that have been based from a revelation of an angel that said, write these things down on a plate, and I want you to start meeting. And when you're saved, you're saved through this work, work, and we're going to add another testament which distorts the gospel. The message puts it like this. It says, those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ on its head. Let me be blunt. If one of us, even if an angel from heaven were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be Cursed. I said it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, 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 regardless of reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you received originally, let him be cursed. Because here's the thing. If I have a PhD, MD, all these different things at the end of my, at the end of my, of my name, PhD, doctorate in theology, all these things. Oh, you guys, oh man, he is a doctor in theology. But if my message goes against the message of Christ that it is finished, let me be cursed. Grace is so radical that people always want to add something to it. Anyone ever heard Jesus plus you have to dress a certain way? Anyone ever been to a church that everyone dressed the same? I was thinking about that during praise and worship. Everyone dresses the same. You come into the, you, you're not wearing a tie? You're disrespecting the house of God. 
I know that, 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 okay? Jesus plus you have to dress a certain way. Jesus plus you have to talk a certain way. Anyone ever heard that? You have to talk a certain way. Jesus plus you cannot cut your hair, or Jesus plus you better cut your hair. Jesus plus you have to wear a dress. Jesus plus you better not wear jeans. No one's laughing, man, because I'd be funny. There, there was a time, not, 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 let's, talk, let's think about it. There was a time in the church that if you wore jeans, you could not preach. It seems weird now, but Jesus plus. Jesus plus, you cannot wear shorts. Even if you live in Arizona, I don't care if it's 175 degrees outside. You cannot wear shorts. Jesus plus, you have to speak in tongues. There's churches where if you don't speak in tongues, you have not received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which is not the gospel. Or Jesus plus, you better not speak in tongues. Jesus plus, you can't have tattoos. If you're tatted up, oh, you, you, Jesus, oh, he say, I don't, know, I don't know if he can save you. Or Jesus plus, you better have tattoos. So the Holy Spirit penned through Paul. Stop. It's Jesus plus nothing. This makes religious people very uncomfortable. It makes, it makes religious people very uncomfortable because we always want for people to behave the way that we think that they should behave instead of giving room to the Holy Spirit to work in the heart and change them from the inside out through the power of grace. And then we have to be careful for the buts. There's a lot of buts in the church today. Jesus, but you have to dress a certain way. Jesus, but you have to talk a certain way. Jesus, but you have to listen to certain music genres. Jesus, but you cannot cut your hair. Jesus, but you have to wear a dress. But not only a, but, 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 but not only a dress, a dress down to your ankles. Jesus, but you have to speak in tongues. Or Jesus, but you better not speak in tongues. Do you see where the freedom of Christ is taken and you're put into religious bondage? We become cookie-cutter Christians. Everyone looks the same because that's the way we think they should look. And the Galatians said, we're circumcised, so they better be circumcised. They were upset because the Gentiles were coming into Jesus, getting saved. They were coming to Christ in droves. Let me tell you, when people come to Christ in droves, they come from the highways and the byways. They don't look the way that church people look, and that's a good thing. religious 
I mean, our, they don't, might not even have our political affiliation. And that's a good thing. Because we're saved with Jesus and through Jesus plus nothing. releases us from a life of guilt and condemnation because we begin to understand that we're loved before we ever did anything and we're loved even when we start doing things for the glory of God and we're loved when we blow it because God loves people and that's why Jesus paid it all so that no one could be prevented from coming so the Jews there Jesus went from popularity the most popular person to people challenging and then people being critical and so one time Jesus is in, is in this place and he says, I am the bread of life. I am the true manna from heaven. And the multitude of Jews had just been fed. 5,000 had just been fed through a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. And they Jews, because humans do this, they look at Jesus, they say, what must we do? What works must we perform to do the works of God? And Jesus, before Paul, he says this. They said, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. What must I do? What must I do to find favor with God? What must I do? What, what must I do to be, have favor with God? Believe in the one whom God sent. That's a gospel that changes you from the inside out. There's someone here today, if you guys just bow your heads, there's someone here today that you're in bondage of religion. I was for many years. I was raised in a church where you did sacraments and everyone you had to do a certain way. Some of you might have been raised in a, in a, in a church where you had to dress a certain way and you couldn't do certain things. There used to be a time, and maybe it still is, people couldn't watch TV because if you did, you, were, you weren't saved. You may be here today and maybe religion has really turned you off. You've avoided Jesus because of religion and religious people. But can I tell you that both of those ideas that are at opposite spectrums will lead you to bondage. And Jesus is here today to set you free from religion. And today you can become a follower of Jesus free in his grace and I can promise you I can promise you 
that if you make a choice to follow him, you will be better off tomorrow. You'll be better off in five years or a year from now because he's going to set you free. And he's the only one that can. Religion can't. So I want to invite you today, whoever you are, to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now this prayer that I'm going to pray, it doesn't save you. Your choice to follow Jesus alone will save you. God, I am a sinner. And I need your grace-filled forgiveness today. You know me better than I know myself. And you love me so much better than I love myself. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for all of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And today I'm making a choice to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I choose to embrace your love and your forgiveness and to walk in newness and freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.